We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Hey everybody! Uh, you know, I just—I was just listening to the last uh, bit of the last episode, and I just—and I said, "I okay, I promise you, it's gonna be better next time." I don't know why I said that. I have no idea if it's gonna be better. It's probably gonna be exactly the same. So look, if you've gotten this far in this mess uh, and you're cool with that, then okay, here's more of the same. Okay, so um, there's a lot to cover. It's all over the place. Um, Just to get you centered, it is July 29th. I have just come back from a vacation in Hawaii with my wife, where we went, my wife, Miriam. We went with Miriam. uh, And I don't know why I keep trying to do this persona as if, like, there's this weird veil that I'm a celebrity and I'm doing a thing. You know who? Look, two people listen to this podcast, and thank God, only two people, because I say some crazy crap. Uh, and it's so, uh, let's just keep it at two, right? Um, eventually, uh, the, the person known as my daughter will listen to this and be completely horrified. I'm hoping, though, I will be dead by that point, and she can just be like, wow, he was really weird and really messed up. Um, but to, just before we get any farther, uh, this song is, uh, this whole, uh, album that we'll be featuring this time is from Mastodon, and this is their most radio-friendly song. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out by the end. So just give it a listen. This is, it's pretty cool. And we'll get into why we're doing Mastodon in a second. Okay, so the song is Steam Breather. And, uh, and you can figure out, you know, look, you're all smart. Like, you're my friends, right? You're cool. You're smart. You know what's up. You can, if you wanted to buy this album, you can just Google some stuff, find out what album Steam Breather is on, and buy that one. Uh, but, there, <laughs> but again, we'll, we'll get to the, why we're talking about Mastodon um, later. So, okay, so some few, so a few things from the Hawaii trip. Uh, so, um, it is during the summer, it's July, like I said, and we, uh, so the, so the child, the, the daughter that is ours, uh, which still, <laughs> I've been doing this for over two years, almost over three years now. It's still weird to say that I am a dad. It's super strange. I never wanted to be a dad, never thought I'd be a dad, and here I am, I'm a dad. Yeah, weird. Uh, Because I still feel like a 13-year-old, mostly. So, you know, I still like video games, I still play the shit out of video games. Um, I still do dumb stuff. I, you know, screw around. I like, 
Yeah, you know, so I to, to be a dad is really super strange to me. Uh, but anyway, so because it's summer, uh, the kid has a summer break off, and we shipped her off to her grandparents in uh, Pennsylvania for three weeks, which might have been a little too long. Uh, the Miriam, that wife of mine, she started getting a little sad after a while, you know, missed the kid, and I feel like the kid was kind of out of sorts and I don't know like the this whole this next month is gonna be super duper rough because she's going from kindergarten where like it was more playtime and fun than anything else and then she goes to this three weeks of summer with her grandparents and her cousins and they're screwing around all the time and then she's gonna come back to first grade and it is gonna suck. Cause it's it's like, that's when then school starts and like they don't have snack time anymore and the recess is with the big kids and it's, it's, it is gonna suck. Have some Mastodon. Okay, two crappy things and then we're gonna get into the fun. First crappy thing, my job. My job fucking blows. Um, and I, I know I've complained about this for a while, but it's hit a new weird plateau where everybody there is doing either one of two things, right? Like I'm in support. I am in the bottom of the food chain. And so when shit comes to me, it's already been developed, deployed, in production, and now I have to like help support it and figure out what's wrong when shit goes wrong and why is it wrong and I file bugs with engineering and I say like hey this thing is wrong it should be this and I've gotten two things it's either engineering saying like uh you don't want that or oh that's not a bug and it's like yes it fucking is fix it and it's just me constantly like you know, and so like while I'm on vacation, I see people replying to my bugs saying, you don't really want this. Do yes, I do. It's a bug. Fucking fix it. And, it, you know, honestly, it would be I would respect them more if they just said, look, I don't have the time to fix this. But the fact that they're doing this just garbage like trying to convince me, trying to argue their way out of doing their job is crazy. All right, well, there's that. So the second thing. Um, so uh, the episode before this, I talked a bit about, you know, Chris Hardwick and his uh, scandal with, uh, with his former girlfriend. And I saw another person, uh, you know, because I had talked about how I had uh, chatted with my friend group, uh, uh, my geek group about it, and how that was a terrible idea, because they were all instantly like, fuck, fuck Chris Hardwick, fuck that guy. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, what's the hate? And then uh, a different guy wrote an article about it, and, uh, for his uh, NPR website that he works for, and immediately the first comment below it was fuck that guy and and then the guy the author of the article responded with yeah that seems to be the sentiment and it's just so then i tried to engage on the topic of like 
hey, I, I, you know, I, I just don't understand what the massive hate is around Chris Hardwick, right? Like, is he the fact that people are mad because he's profiting off of, you know, claiming nerd cred, you know? Is that bothering people because they feel like, oh, a nerd thing is mine and how dare you profit off of it? Or, or maybe you're profiting off of it and you're not really a nerd. Or like, I don't know. I don't know what any of these people's beef is. Uh, and then I just got a whole onslaught of women being like, I believe her, and, and just, of course, based on nothing. And it was just that at that point, I realized like, oh, right, this is an emotional issue, right? There's, there is no logic going on here. There is no facts, no reason, no nothing. It is you have some sort of stake in this race. Right, like you've been abused by a horrible person, or you know someone who was abused by a horrible person, or you know a horrible person, and that you know, when you hear about people doing horrible things, your just, just the lizard brain reaction is just like, ah, fuck this guy, hey, fuck this guy. <laughs> I don't know why Ray Romano's, hey, no, Deborah. Fuck this guy! Come on! No! Fuck him! Anyway, more Mastodon. Oh, yeah, I'm digging this group. Anyway, all right, well, so I've just learned from all of this is just don't engage when it comes to emotional issues. Right, like, because I'm not going to change anybody's mind. They're not going to change mine. I'm not going to fix Hardwick's issue. Just, you know, it is what it is, right? So just let it, let it be. Let it go, Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Um, yeah, sure, there's that. Uh, okay, so, uh, oh, so... Uh, on the way to and fro from Hawaii, we watched a whole bunch of movies. Uh, we watched uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which uh, Frances McDormand won uh, Academy Award for her her performance in that. Uh, we won. Uh, we won. We won. We won the Shape of Water. Woo! You get a shape of water, and you get a shape of water. That's right. We all won the shape of water. Anybody who wanted to watch it, there was a guy who was watching Friends on the plane, and I'm just like, really, motherfucker? Yes, that's your choice of all the things they have to watch is a TV series from, like, I don't know, 15 years ago? Anyway, so, um, so I was watching, so I watched uh, The Shape of Water, uh, I watched uh, Date Night uh, because uh, that wife of mine watched it. Oh, and I watched Baby Driver. Uh, okay, so here's my review of all of them. Good, not great. Um, yeah, you know, all very different, all very weird, uh, but all sort of like, meh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I, I will say I, I do agree with uh, Frances McDormand's Oscar win she was great um, Sam Rockwell also amazing uh, in that and also amazing in 
What was the other thing I saw him in? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, and, um, and I also agree with Guillermo del Toro uh, in The Shape of Water. Um, I would say if you have not seen it, it's fine. You don't need to see it. It's okay. Just just wave to it as it goes on by and say like, well, nice to, ni nice to know you were deserved, but nah, I don't need to see it. But what's really interesting about, you know, watching these movies on a plane is the fact that Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri has... I would have to say the most profanity per second I have seen in a movie in a very long time. Holy cow, I don't remember so much swearing in a movie. Uh, and then, but they, they left it all in, right? They were just like, no, fuck it. I don't care if this is on a plane. I don't care if some five-year-old is watching this, but why would they? I mean, really, what kid is seeing Francis McDormand and I'm like yeah mommy mommy I heard that got nominated for an Oscar all oh, the buzz in variety was so amazing I need to see three billboards because that's what the trades call it I'm gonna shit myself no they're not doing that if anything they're gonna watch that Fishman movie um, but uh, so Three Billboards totally leaves in all the swearing. Uh, whereas um, there is a bunch of fish sex in uh, The Shape of Water that they cut out, uh, which is interesting. Uh, no, it's not. That's not interesting. Of course they're going to cut it out. But what is interesting is they also cut out all the swearing. And so, of course, I always love the what do you substitute the swearing to make it try to make it look like it's not subbed out and and you know it's just like well it was always these other words so i have one example which is they changed motherfucker into mustard sucker yeah there you go nobody would understand nobody would bat you know oh, of course of course they wrote that in the script mustard sucker yeah sure because that's a common term that we all say <laughs> for people that we hate all right more mastodon okay so why are we playing mastodon today so um, I went to go see Primus, and uh, Primus was uh, the headliner at the Greek Theater in lovely Berkeley, California. Uh, Mastodon was the opening act, and I think, <laughs> I'm not really sure why they paired these two together. Um, obviously, uh, if, you know, if you haven't heard Primus, uh, they are the guys who did the theme to South Park. You know, they also did uh, Jerry was a race car driver, Winona's Big Brown Beaver, My Name is Mud. Like, go and, you know, Google them if you're unclear as to what Primus is. But um, they, I think what these two bands have in common is that they have uh, complex uh, rhythmic sections and odd time signatures. So... I guess, you know, that's a good enough reason to throw them together. 
Uh, but really, Mastodon Live won me over. I was unfamiliar with them, and seeing them live was really, really great. So, you know, if they're going, coming through a town near you and it's a reasonable price, I'd say, yeah, go watch yourself some Mastodon. Why not? But, so the weird part was is that uh, the show started, I think at like seven or eight. It was still light out, right? And so... You know, it's it's always sort of weird to see a band in sunlight, especially a band like Mastodon, because they're kind of dark and brooding, and they've all got, you know, they've still all got long hair, like it's, you know, 1989, and, and, and so you're like, but it's still cool. I mean, they still rock. They're still amazing. Uh, and then Primus comes out when it's dark, and these motherfuckers... So the, the one of the reasons why you go see Primus is because of their uh, musician proficiency, right? Like these guys, well, mm, Les Claypool, the, the, the bass player, the singer, he's the reason you go, right? He's amazing to watch because he'll hop around on one foot and do these crazy ass bass lines and sing and do it effortlessly and it's just amazing um, I'd recently heard Jason Sudeikis uh, on I think it was WTF uh, Mark Maron's podcast and he was and he said something that I really feel which is you know when you see a professional do a thing you want to see a professional make it look easy make it look effortless and this is you know both good and bad right like if you know how hard a thing is to do, to see somebody do it so effortlessly is amazing. But if you don't know and you see somebody do it so easily, you're just like, well, that's obviously easy. I could do that. that that's easy. And of course, it's not, you know, but they make it seem like such a breeze that you're like, oh, yeah, but for the people in the know, it's amazing to see somebody do it so simply and easily. But, so then, Primus, they come out, and, oh, Jesus, Primus, <laughs> I don't know how this band dynamic works exactly. I am guessing it is Les Claypool running the show. He's like, we're doing this, and then they just do it. So they have the most recent album is a goblin-themed album that is based on, I think, a kid's short story that either they adapted or they wrote. And by they, I mean Les Claypool. Uh, and it's, it's okay, it's whatever. You know, it's, 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 it's whatever. But they really committed to it, right? Like, they came out in, like, robes and all the PAs and the guitar techs. Like, every time, like, Les would, like, switch out basses, like, all the bass techs would run out in, like, these weird little Jawa druid robes. And, you know, and, like, and, you know, good for them that they committed to it, but they were in total darkness and it was just backlit by led screens i mean big led screens like you know uh, you know seven eight foot tall led screens that were uh, broadcasting images of the children's story and i'm just like fuck you i want to see you motherfuckers play and kudos to me 
right? Because I'm an old man and I'm still figuring me out. And I'm figuring out like what I want and what makes me happy and all of this stuff. And I'm sitting here watching this in the darkness. And I'm like, yeah, no, uh-uh. I, I, I want to see them play. And the only way I'm going to do that is if I get close to the stage. And so I had gone to this show with a co-worker. All those co-workers that hate me, you know, that all in the, in the past podcasts, I went with the golden retriever of the office, the, the, the one that he loves everybody, everybody loves him. And he was like, hey, Primus is coming. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, let's go. And I just turned to him because we had picked a spot kind of near the back. And I, and I said to him, I'm going down to the front. You don't have to come with me. You can stay here if you want. But I need to see this band. And I'm going down there. And he was like, okay. And I, I feel good about me because I actually, um, I actually stood up for what I wanted. Like the old me probably would have been like, well, you know, he picked the spots and you know, he likes it here and I like it here and it was fine for the other band. And I mean, how am I gonna get down there? And I was just like the new me, new me. <laughs> what am I like some sort of est program? Um, no, I was just like, the old me was like, no, fuck it. This isn't right. I want to make the most of this experience. And so I went up to the front. You know, I, it took me 10 minutes, but I got there. And I got there and they brought out Jello Briafra from uh, the Dead Kennedys. And they sang, uh, it's a holiday in Cambodia. And everybody around me was a bunch of goddamn early 30-year-olds, like people easily 15 years younger than me, they knew the chorus, right? They knew who he was. They knew that song. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. Oh, God, I'm like ebbing Missouri the shit out of this. I'm swearing up a storm. You, you guys are going to have to make an airplane safe version of this where I'm like, fudge, yeah, and suck my pickle. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the point is, that I was really proud of myself for doing that thing. And God damn it, man, who the hell plays the new album, right? Nobody plays the new album. Everybody plays like one or two songs from the new album. Nope, not Primus, new album, front to back, all seven songs, which seem to go on forever. Oh, yeah, and uh, I, there was a couple of things I forgot from the Hawaii trip. Um, one of the things that really made this Hawaii trip great was that uh, we had been to Oahu. Oahu is where we were going. It's, it's not my favorite island. Uh, my favorite island is Maui because Maui is a great mix of, you know, uh, nature and infrastructure, whereas Oahu just feels like, Hey, we took this mall and we put it on an island. And you're just like, what the what? Which is why I, I love uh, I love video games that like embrace that idea of like every island has its own character. Because that's what Hawaii really is. Like every island is different. 
But uh, because we had been to Oahu a couple of times before with Miriam's aunt and uncle, we had kind of already done a lot of the touristy stuff. And so uh, because of that, we had no real desire to do any of those things again. Like, we had climbed up to the top of Diamond Head. We had seen the North Shore. We had done all of these things. We were done, right? Like, we were just cool to, like, hang out on the beach or, you know, even chill in the hotel room or, you know, whatever. And it made for a super, super relaxing a vacation, like a vacation that I don't think I've ever had before of just kind of doing nothing. Boy, goddamn, it was great. You know, it's funny because I'm always that guy like, I'm here, I'm in a strange land, let's go explore, raw! And it makes for kind of a stressful experience. But this was just like, hey, what time do you want to go down to the beach? Oh, this time. Oh, okay, great. And so we just, you know, amble on down there, which was like two blocks from our hotel. And then we'd, you know, pitch an umbrella and just hang out and go in the water, which is like super warm. And it was just like, God, yeah, yeah, it was great. Oh. So here's an interesting thing. So um, going back to the Max FunCon episode and meeting Allison Becker. Um, Allison Becker, uh, I remember once upon a time she was on an episode of Who Charted, which is uh, Kulap Vilaisak and Howard Kramer's podcast, where they talk to people and then they just play you know, songs and things from the, you know, pop charts or Korean, you know, like any chart they can find. They're like, here, what do you think of this song? You know, and then it just sparks conversation and everything. And so one of the charts that they had was the top film charts of that weekend. And one of the films was Magic Mike XXL. And it was the sequel to Magic Mike. And I'm just like, motherfucker, like, all you people talk about dad bods and how much you like the dad bods, but you're, you're, you're doing Magic Mike XXL. Like, fuck you. Like, nobody cares about the dad bod. They want to see Channing Tatum and McConaughey with his shirt off. So, fuck all y'all. You, yeah. Take your mother crumping uh, beeswax and stick it where your booty pest is flagophil and so but i met uh uh allison becker's boyfriend when we were in max fun con and it was really nice that he kind of looked like me a little bit i mean he was younger he was taller he was better looking but essentially kind of the me version and he was just taller and younger and better looking but um, you know, he wasn't Channing Tatum, right? He wasn't this beefy dude bro, you know, with a six pack. I don't know. I didn't see him with his shirt off. He might have a six pack. I don't know. He was thin. I don't know. But, but, but he wasn't like a dude bro. And so I'm just like, okay, well, that's something. Because look, Allison Becker is 
very physically attractive. She could get a dude, bro, if that's what she wanted. But that's that's obviously not what she wants. I don't know. I, I can't I can't figure her out. I can't figure out me in this weird world of of dude bros and six packs and dad bods and all this garbage. <sighs> Alright. Well, I think that was kind of a positive note, wasn't it? You know? Hope, right? Dad bods? Something? <laughs> well, I have to go back to work tomorrow. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Because um, it's been in a week that feels like a month. <laughs> so I'm not really sure how I'm going to do um, with the mainstream again. So, from me... From the music of Mastodon and the music of Bright Brown. Let's do this. Maybe it'll be better. It probably won't be. And that's okay. One more time! Till then!